Hey friends, welcome to the Robin Graham show. I'm so grateful you're joining me for another episode where we dive into entrepreneurship, faith, mental health, and so much more. I'm your host, Robin Graham, a brand strategist, business coach, and mentor. Join me every week to learn how mindset, strategy, and action combined will produce the results you were dreaming of. Discover your purpose and follow your God-led callings, values, visions, and passions to create a personal brand and strong foundation for long-term success. The sky is the limit when we spend time with like-minded people. Through interviews and solo episodes, we'll be diving into inspiring stories, life and business journeys of failure and success, and the strategies and tools used along the way. Ready to learn? Grab your cup of coffee, the car keys, or the dog's leash, and let's dive in to this episode. Hey friends, we are back with another amazing episode today. I have a very special guest with me, Ellen Feldman, and we are going to talk about how our past and the experiences that we have had on our journey bring us right to where we are meant to be today. So if you have been feeling somewhat lost or disappointed or not satisfied, incomplete, any of those thoughts around yourself and your journey and where you are today, Ellen is going to help you navigate those thoughts and realize that God has a plan for you. And that plan includes every single bit of pain and loss and suffering that you have had to date or joyful experiences too, that you've had to date to be right where you are today. And that is exactly where you're meant to be on your journey. So you're meant to hear this episode. You're meant to meet my friend, Ellen, and you're meant to be here with me. So welcome. And without any further ado, Ellen Feldman, welcome to the Robin Graham show. What an absolute honor and pleasure to be with you today, Robin, and congratulations on the transition that you've made with your podcast. Well, thank you. I am super excited. 2022 is a new year with a a new look and new perspective. So you and I have had this conversation before how if we can help one person transform their life, we're doing our job. We're, We're serving in a way that we're meant to be serving. And I just felt that the second phase podcast was a great name. It was fun while it lasted, but I really feel like there's so much more that I can share without having that link to the second phase of life. Because when I started looking at my life in 2021, I'm not on my second phase. I'm on like my third, fourth, (laughs) maybe fifth phase. So the reality is, and I think this ties right into our discussion today, is that we all have phases of life that we go through. And I don't think we can even pinpoint all of them, but every single one of them gets us to where we are today and where we're meant to be and to who we're supposed to be and then who we're supposed to serve through who we are. So that was very complicated, but I think everybody will get the point. So I would love for you to tell everyone a little bit about yourself and your journey to get to where you are today as a renowned psychotherapist. Thank you so much, Robin. You know, my my path hasn't been linear. I didn't start out life as a psychotherapist in my career. I actually began in medical school, convinced after my mother died of cancer that the way God intended for me to serve others was, um, you know, by being a healer, by being a doctor. And I knew within about eight minutes of arriving at medical school that it was dead wrong for me. Everything about it felt wrong. And so I, for two years of medical school, I kept hatching plans for my escape plan as hard as I worked to get there. 
And I quote unquote escaped by approaching the health minister of, of my province in Canada at an event and convincing him to give me a job as, as a health policy advisor. So from health policy, I went into law. I became a lawyer, not because I truly felt that it was where I was meant to be, but because it seemed better than where I'd been. So flowing along (laughs) this crazy path, I became a lawyer. And after my second maternity leave, my husband looks at me and said, you know, it's it's time for you to find joy. It's time for you to truly be happy. And so I, I dug deep into my heart and I listened to the guidance that God was giving me. And, and it was like God was opening a door to the next phase of my life, whatever phase that was, the 117th phase of my life. <laughs> and so I went back to school and I got my master's degree and, and everything just fell into place. My life as a psychotherapist truly has led me to where I believe that I'm serving in the way that I'm meant to serve. Uh, I'm now an author as well. I'm publishing a book that will be released on February 8th of 2022. And so my work as a psychotherapist and and as a spiritual author have empowered me to help people to transform exactly as you said, and specifically to come to see that they are exactly where they're meant to be on their journey. And that it's up to them to come from a place of empowerment within to decide what comes next, where the next step is going to land them. I love that. And your journey was not easy. You had, I read your book. I was so blessed to be able to read that and learn more about you and your story. And, you know, she said she's publishing it listeners on February 8th, but I read the advanced reader copy, which was really cool to get to do. That's only the second or third time I've done that. So that was neat. But in your book, you talk about your journey and how you were truly lost for quite some time. And you, you didn't have joy and you were always seeking something that was going to make you happy, something that was going to lead you to that path that was going to give you joy. And it wasn't until, and I I love, and I'm going to let you elaborate on this because I think it will be more powerful coming from you, but it wasn't until you really looked deep inside and connected with God that you were able to then find the journey that you were going on or meant to be on. You could have written my book, Robin. <laughs> that was so beautiful. You know, it, it's funny sitting here and, and listening to you say you haven't had an easy path. You know, I've, I've evolved to a place where I see my life's journey with such gratitude that it, it almost comes as a, a surprise to hear that I didn't have an easy path. But the truth is that you're right. I, I didn't have an easy path. Um, like so many people, I experienced quite a bit of, of pain in childhood. I grew up with a father who was narcissistic and quite abusive, quite physically abusive with my mother and in front of my brother and I, and quite verbally abusive with us. And it culminated after having 19 years of a relationship that was truly devoid of any love or affection, any nurturance with him ending our relationship when I was 19 years old. And one year after my father basically told me in verbatim to have a nice life, my mother died of cancer. My mother who had been very loving and and very close with me died of cancer. So at 20 years old, I found myself what felt like at the time, I look back at it in retrospect very differently, but I felt completely alone in the world. And, and it was a time of confusion. It was a time 
of deep and profound loss for me. And it really, the, the childhood experiences that I had with my father, although I felt like a very empowered, you know, I, I found myself in my mid-20s in, in law school, and I felt like a very empowered, very assertive and articulate and intelligent young person who, who had what I felt would be a very bright future ahead of me, I didn't appreciate how much my childhood was influencing my present. I felt like I had transcended it, like I had graduated beyond it. And I saw that my father's lack of ability to love me was his own issue and, and a result of his, his incapacity to love. But what I didn't appreciate is the deep seeds that got planted inside of me in my childhood that told me a narrative that I was unlovable. Although my adult brain told a very different story, deep in my subconscious lay roots of if my parental caregiver, if the male figure in my life couldn't love me, it must mean that I am unlovable. And those seeds of unlovability drove me in ways that I wish I could have seen at the time. It took well into my 30s for me to open my eyes to it, but it informed really everything about my path. It informed the way I showed up in romantic relationships. And what you read in my book is that it sadly, I mean, not sadly, because it was such a, a pivotal part of my journey, but in a very painful way, it led me to my first marriage, which was a very unfortunate situation. I married somebody who was a pathological liar, who told a web of lies that ultimately led to us being homeless in a way that that I it's hard for me to even look back and understand how how I could have ended up there but I ended up homeless and pregnant and squatting on somebody's floor and you know just getting by just scrambling to find food to eat and so I went from being this young robust lawyer with with a bright future to a shadow of the human being that I had been barely recognizable to myself Wow. That's amazing. And to see you today, like, it's so hard to believe that that, that would have been you, you know, you, and you have such a heart of just, I, I don't even know the right word. I'm so soulful and so loving and so gentle and so kind and compassionate. Like you're an empathetic, like you are all of those things just rolled up into one beautiful person. And it, so to see that, or to hear you say, you know, or or to read the things that you went through is so remarkable because you do just radiate joy and gratitude now. And what a blessing that you had those experiences and through every one of those experiences. And it, it makes total sense to me that you're a psychotherapist because of all of the, the things that you went through. And I think that it makes just total sense that you're where you are today, serving people who could be going through something similar to what you went through, but you're also preventing them from making the same decisions and mistake and seeking love in the wrong places and trusting the wrong people. So I think it's just beautiful how you can totally see how your journey led you to where you are today. And I think it's just a beautiful story. So Ellen, you talked about those really looking deep within and discovering that the root of the problem, the root of the decisions that you were making that were not healthy or leading you into these relationships that were not good for you came from realizing that you 
didn't feel lovable, that, you know, that was all from your childhood. And I would love for you to talk about that because I know in your next chapter, your next phase, you're writing another book and it's going to be all about the inner child work and how you work with your clients on that inner child work. And you did this for me and I was blown away. I wasn't familiar with this at all. And I had heard of the concept of reparenting. And we have another episode airing this year with Gina Rolkowski, and she talks about reparenting yourself. And she too had a very narcissistic family member and was abused by her father and, you know, things like similar journey. And she talked about reparenting, but I would love to know about this, this inner child work. And I think it's beneficial for everyone to tap into this because how many times do you see people and you're like, why do they just keep making the same mistake over and over and over again? I love the way you just ended that, making the same mistake over and over again. So when I'm sitting with a client, there's really one ear is listening to all of the details of what my client is saying, and the other ear is listening for the patterns. The patterns that emerge in our story, the patterns that emerge in our life are the gold of therapy. They're the gold of our life. They are our greatest gift. When I hear a theme like abandonment or a theme like perfectionism, a theme like low self-esteem, I immediately hone in. And my next question is, tell me where this theme of abandonment began in your childhood. And it'll sometimes awaken a real knowing kind of look on my client's face. Sometimes it'll elicit a look of surprise, but without fail, if we trace back the patterns that emerge when we look at our story, when we look across the events of our life, those themes, those patterns always have roots in our childhood. And so that's why I call my practice deep root psychotherapy, because I believe in addressing the challenges that we face in life. You'll notice I'm not saying problems because I actually reorient my clients away from conceiving of themselves as having problems. What we have are opportunities. We have opportunities to grow. We have opportunities to learn to love ourselves more, to learn to come from greater self-acceptance. And when we trace back those challenges that we're having, the opportunities that present themselves in our lives, we find the roots of those situations, of those patterns in our childhood. And so what is inner child work? It's not, you know, call it reparenting, call it inner child work. I don't care what you call it. It's all the same idea. And I'm so glad that it's ubiquitous enough now that it's going to make an appearance on your show twice in a year. I I wish it were a weekly, a weekly theme. You know, there is no standardization of what inner child work is. What inner child work is for me is it's bypassing the cognitive thinking frontal lobe of our brain and tapping into something deeper in our subconscious. I call it our heart, but you can call it more, you know, the subconscious or the hindbrain, that that primitive brain that, that remains from childhood. And so we tap into this place deep inside of ourselves where our pain sits, where the pain of childhood sits. And no matter how good your childhood was. I really want to emphasize this for your beautiful listeners. The point of our talk is not to convince you that your childhood was bad. 
Everyone's childhood was exactly the way it was meant to be. But whether it was filled with capital T trauma or whether it was filled with unconditional love, but still had events that planted seeds of beliefs that then germinated into patterns that persisted throughout life. However your childhood looked, we all emerge from childhood with pain. And I'm using pain as the catch-all for the stuff that we need to work on. I love that. And, you know, it's funny because I tell some stories in my book and it was a big deal when, you know, it really upset my mom that I was going to tell a couple of these stories. And I don't tell any stories in a way that bashes my parents, but it's like you said, I grew up in a very loving home. I mean, nobody left the house without saying, I love you. And today still, we don't hang up the phone without saying, I love you there was so much love and there was so much laughter and there was so much joy, but there were also underlying things that did affect our childhood. And, you know, you, that phrase, a victim of circumstance, you know, I think you can, you can look at that and think of yourself as, okay, well, those were the circumstances. Like my mother was dealt some really nasty circumstances. Did that alter her life? 100%. Did it alter how she parented us? 100%. Did it alter her relationship with my father? 100%. Because we are all of those experiences that we've had. And, you know, I don't like the word victim because I think, like you said, we have the ability to, I guess, choose how we look at that. We can look at those experiences with, wow, you know, I'm glad I went through that because now I know that I can be something different and I can impact people in another way. And I can make something really amazing out of those situations or those circumstances. But I think a lot of people get into that victim mentality. And so I love how you, you approach this from an opportunity perspective, not a problem perspective, because I think that truly can transform the mind and how people move going forward. So before we started the conversation, Ellen, you talked about um, perspective and you talked about manifestation of free will. And I would love for you to talk about that because I think so much of what I just you know talked about, that victim mentality versus an opportunity mentality and how we shift from one to the other, you know, the pendulum swings from left to right. And then maybe comes back to the middle, but never goes all the way back to that victim mode or victim mentality, which keeps us sitting in a place of pain and suffering. So I would love for you to talk about that. This ties into your most recent book, which was channeled. And if you want to mention what that means, that's fine too. Um, I don't know if everybody knows what channeling is or what that means to have been channeled, to have a channeled book. Um, I wasn't familiar with it until I met you. Yeah, so I would love I would love to tie it into the book that I wrote and then come back to its application in inner child work. So I did channel a book. And what a channel channeling the book means, at least in, in my case of channeling the book, I have a very rich relationship with God, as I know you do, Robin, as well. And I've I've gone through multiple spiritual awakenings on my path. And I experience messages from God inside of myself. And one of the messages I received from God was that it was time to write a book. And it was time to write a book about oneness, the idea that we're all a part of one universal energy. We're all tied together. We're all tied to God. We're all tied to each other. We're all tied to the planet. 
And when I sat down at my computer, this book just poured out of me. I typed and I did not map out the book in my mind. I did not write it with my conscious human mind. I could not have written this book with my conscious human mind. It it literally flowed from me through divine inspiration. And one of the most dominant messages that emerges from this book, A Path of Oneness, is the idea that that we need to step out of our victim stories. Our victim stories sound like, look what happened to me. Look what was done to me. And how do we shift the story? We shift the story from a victim story to a gratitude story. And what does a gratitude story sound like? It sounds like, look what was done for me. Now, I have to say, I work with serious trauma. I work with people who experienced horrific and profound and very real trauma. Is this relevant regardless of what you have experienced? I absolutely will say yes, even if you have experienced unspeakable, unthinkable traumas, you have the ability to step out of the stories of what was done to you and into what was done for you. Our most painful experiences are our greatest source of growth, our greatest springboard to rising up in this life. This is a message that that is carried through across spiritual writer after spiritual writer, Eckhart Tolle, Michael Singer, the greatest and the best writers. This is a message that that dominates again and again and again. And it really forms the basis of everything that I do as a therapist. So when we come back to inner child work, you know, you talked about your mother and it's possible to, not only possible, it's necessary to step out of Letting inner child work or any kind of therapy be about the person who wronged us. It isn't about them. It is about us. We can simultaneously come from a place of empathy and understanding. And that's exactly what I heard from you so beautifully, Robin. Look what an evolved soul you are. That even as you're navigating the pain of what you emerged from childhood with, you're able to say, I see what my mother lived through. And I see that she was shaped by her experiences and that all she did was her best as she navigated the enduring pain from her experiences. And you can honor the empathy that you have for her while fully and completely honoring the pain inside of you. The pain belongs to you. It is your experience. It dwells inside of you and it is your opportunity to shift it. And so it really doesn't have anything to do with somebody else. And the way I do inner child work makes the entire experience about you. And if it's okay with you, I'm going to, I wouldn't normally breach confidentiality, but I'm going to share with with our beautiful listeners that when you and I did inner child work, when when we tapped into the inner child inside of you, and what do I mean by that? We closed your eyes. We got you into somewhat of a meditative state and you pictured yourself as a child and you could see her with vivid clarity. You could see what she was wearing and what her hair looked like and you could see how she was feeling and you had a knowing of how she was feeling and you conversed with her. You asked her questions like, how are you feeling in this moment and what do you need in this moment? And the most magical thing happened. She answered you. There were answers that came to you as if there was a real little girl inside of you. 
and I think I believe, and I may be misremembering, but but correct me if I'm wrong. You know what what the answer that initially came to you of what your little girl needed was she needed something from her mother. She needed to know that her mother loved her unconditionally, or something akin to that. And I invited you to reframe that from here's what I need from my mother to here's what I need. I need to know that I am unconditionally lovable, that I am unconditionally loved, that I am held, that I'm not alone, that I will never be alone. All of those things are things you and everyone listening has the ability to give themselves without being dependent on anyone else in the world. And that is so, so empowering. So although the pain inside of us is instigated by other people, we really remove them from the equation and deal with the pain that remains head on and become the agents of our own healing, of course, through God's guidance and assistance. But we are the agents. We are the reparative parents, even as we are that hurt inner child. I love that. And I love how you talk about things don't happen to you. They happen for you. I don't, I don't believe anything happens to us that God is sitting up there playing a little chessboard with our lives and saying something bad's happening to her, something bad's happening to him. And, you know, playing with our lives in that respect. I think that we all have the ability to, we've been given free will. And we've been given a conscience and every single decision we make leads us to a certain experience, circumstance, whatever. And I think that some of us do have awful, awful, awful stories and traumas that have happened to us and not because it was our fault. But I love how you help your clients transform those thoughts into thinking that it didn't happen to me. It happened for me. And now I am who I am because of those experiences. And I can be who I want to be because of those experiences with God's help. And so it's really looking to, and this sounds maybe a little woo woo, but it's looking to that light versus looking into the darkness for the answers. And, um, I probably couldn't say that to just anybody, but I know you talk about the light in your book and, um, I really believe God is light. So you know, what do we think of when we think of God? We look up to the light, to the sky, to the sun, to the moon, you know, it's, it, he's above us. That's light. But I just, I love that. I love that concept. And listeners, I have to explain to like when Ellen, I'm telling you, God puts people in your path at the right time when you need them. And that's exactly what happened with Ellen and I, we have been supporting each other on this authorship journey. And, um, it was that my book is, I do talk about my childhood and I tell a couple of stories that aren't so pretty because I am on a mission to help other people not have to experience or have their children experience. If their children are suffering with anxiety, there are certain things as parents that we can do that will help them not, and hurt isn't the right way, but maybe make their anxiety worse. And so I told some stories about my childhood and they are not at all in a way to condemn my parents. I love my parents more than anything. I mean, they, they were so good to me. I am who I am because of all the gifts and love and blessings that they gave me. But anytime you 
have someone who was abused in the past or did experience trauma on significant levels. So my mother immediately went to a phase, a phase of fear. She was terrified that I was writing this book to humiliate her. And it broke my heart that she would think that I would ever do that to someone because I never would. The stories were part of my journey with anxiety and the stories were that I tell in the book are solely to help other people, not to hurt anyone. I I just would never, I don't have those bones in my body to do that. And so I was struggling and I felt like, you know, I was only worthy of my mother's love if I was making her look good. And so, you know, that's Ellen and I were on a conversation one day and I just broke down and I was like, this is what's happening. And, you know, I, I wrote this book and I know that I was called to write this book. So I want to put this book out there, but what, you know, anyway, so I just wanted to give you a little backstory with that. And that conversation that Ellen and I had allowed me to go, you know, actually say a couple things to my mom to say, you know, I, I feel like I'm not worthy of your love unless I'm making you look perfect. And that opened a door and my mother has accepted the book. She knows now she's trusting me and I think fearfully, but, um, it, it improved our relationship is what I'm going to say, because it gave me the opportunity to look inside myself more and then address it with her. So I just wanted to clarify like what Ellen was talking about and give you a little backstory on that. Um, because it was very powerful. So if anybody is struggling with relationships or struggling to um, overcome challenges, I I mean, Ellen was remarkable. So <laughs> that's what I'm going to tell you. And her new book that will be coming out is all about this inner child work. And so it will definitely be something I think that um, you would be interested in in reading alongside her, her book, A Path to Oneness. And um, Ellen... You're also starting group programs, which I would love for you to share that information with the listeners as well, because I know you have a special gift, a special offering for them. Yeah. So, you know, the bulk of the work that I do as a psychotherapist is one-on-one, but there's a particular magic that comes from being in community, you know, and I know that as somebody who is a Christian and, you know, attends church that, you know, you know, and I'm sure you know this in other domains in your life as well, um, just how powerful having community is, having a tribe of people who get you and offer you understanding. So group work is not only about accessibility, it's really about harnessing the power of me too. It's about harnessing the power of being witnessed and seen and understood and learning from others. I use a lot of self-disclosure in therapy because it's amazing to see how much my clients learn and how deeper they step into their own truth when they're given an example from my life that they can latch onto. So when we have that on a broader scale in a group, it's, it's amazing how deep the transformations can run. So that's a new initiative for me in, in 2022, the, the next, the next phase, if you will, of, of my business, my deep root psychotherapy business, the groups are all online. And so even though I'm in Toronto, Canada, they're accessible to people all over the world. And I would love to offer a 20% discount to your beautiful listeners on any group programs. If they quote the code, uh, the Robin Graham. That's awesome. That's so generous of you. And you know, as you were talking, there is such a power with being surrounded by like-minded people. And I think when we're talking about mental health and life experiences, it's really empowering to know that you aren't alone. And I love that you 
interweave your story with your clients because I think how many times do we see someone and oh my gosh, they have everything together. Look at them. And you know, it's you, you exude such joy and peace that I can see how it helps people to see that they can have hope to be like you someday, that you've done all of this work to get to where you are. So how inspiring is that? I love that. Okay. Ellen, we are going to wrap up. Do you have any last minute tips, hints, any inspiration for the listeners that you want to leave them with? Yeah. The inspiration that I want to leave your, your listeners with is really that inside of you dwells a child. And that if you close your eyes and you put your hand on your heart and you picture yourself as a child and just inundate that child with messages of love, that you can transform your life, that you truly can transform your life. And let that be one manifestation of the knowledge that you have the power inside of you. You have God's light inside of you and you have the power to direct the course of your life, regardless of where you have been, regardless of how much pain is inside of you. You are the author of your life story. I love that. And I love that you say we have God in us because we do absolutely 100%. I love it. Okay. Listeners, if you enjoyed this episode, I ask you to please leave a rating and review. That is how other people are going to find the show and be able to hear this incredible message from Ellen as well. So many people in the world need to hear this. So if you found it helpful, please share it with someone else that you know could use the information as well. And don't forget to subscribe to the show so you don't miss any of the amazing guests that we have coming up in 2022. You've been dreaming big and have an audacious goal, but don't know where to begin to make it all come true. You're tired of spinning your wheels and investing in online courses that you don't have time to finish. You are finally ready to invest in yourself and your business to make your dreams a reality. And I'm here to help you. Together, we'll work on mindset, create a brand marketing strategy, and take intentional action to achieve the results that you want and your clients need. Work with me in my one-to-one six-month coaching program or for a VIP day. Not sure which is best for you? Schedule a free mentorship call and we'll decide together. Just go to www.therobingraham.com. Both options are invaluable. And that's a wrap, friends. If you enjoyed this episode and found the information helpful, please take a moment to subscribe and leave a rating and review. Ratings and reviews are how we grow and more people find the show. It would mean the world to me. And let's connect. You can find me on Instagram, Clubhouse, Facebook, and LinkedIn as The Robin Graham. Have questions about building a personal brand and business for success? Book a free mentorship call with me at www.therobingraham.com. Until next time, remember to smile.